I mean, if you just hire locally, you limit yourself by a radius of 100 kilometers around your office, right? You you shrink your options of access to talent. While if you hire globally, the entire world can become your talent pool and you have a bigger choice of skilled people. Hello out there and welcome to our weekly Ask the CEO Q&A session here at the Virtual Frontier. The demand for talent keeps increasing dramatically. However, the vast majority of organizations are still mostly working with, or better say suffer from limiting themselves to only local approaches in the search of talent. I mean, working with freelancers and project workers is not a valid option for them at all. Concerns regarding safety, wrong assumptions on commitment and availability mixed up with some false beliefs about reliability and stability lead to these huge piles of job openings all around. Looking at your company hiring demands, you might be confronted with a long list of openings or worst, where you have openings that are lurking around on the job board for months. Let's be frank, those openings are not only open on your job site, they are also reflecting the gaps of knowledge present in your organizations. If you miss your hiring goals, you don't end up building all the things you need to build or they move much slower and might lose relevance quickly. So today we are going to have another look at solutions how to hire freelancers with skills that you need so urgently. See you on Just a Flash on the other side. So, hello, Manuel. New session here at the Virtual Frontier. Our Q&A session is going into episode 36 today. And our topic is uh, going around uh, hiring freelancers and hiring freelancers with skills and how rela uh, reliable they are. And um, yeah, to get the uh, questions uh, going on, my first one for you would uh, be, how many freelancers have you hired uh, in total? Maybe you have a raw, raw estimate about that, uh, so we, we get uh, an idea uh, how, how many times you have uh, done that. <laughs> maybe so not on your, maybe I not collect on your own. The, yeah, I collect, oh, e even not my own, but just the, the companies I have, like Pride Solutions and FlashUp, right? I yeah, checked maybe. that last December last year, and it was almost 2,000. Okay. It's really Quite. a lot. <laughs> Quite yeah, I mean, number. that was, but that is since 2012, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, if you see that uh, um, whole number of 2,000 uh, plus whatever uh, um, people that you have worked with, how many of them were like uh, failed hires that you said, mm, that didn't <laughs> work out and uh, we need to yeah, stop that at, at some point or that just didn't work out as expected? 30% approximately, 25 to 30%, I would say. That didn't work out? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And uh, do you have like an, an uh, comparison to uh, comparison to how was the percentage uh, that to to your local hires that you did before? So if you hired before 2012 or or maybe uh, after that uh, person locally, if there is a conversion, uh, how was the percentage there in failure uh, um, in hiring? That's a good question, and this is uh, this is an important one because I would say. The rate was even higher 
but I didn't take the consequence to stop the cooperation with these people because I didn't have any alternative, right? Mm. And when I'm looking back to which people I hired like 2012 till 2016, just because I had to and I didn't have any other options, I think 50% is the failure rate at least. Yeah. And do you have an, <clears throat> do you have an idea? Uh, maybe you can explain it on a top, top level first, because we're going to dive then maybe into the details a little bit later. Um, when or why are companies and maybe the HR departments, um, are concerned on a, um, yeah, on a top level when it comes to hiring freelancers in, in the first place? What, I think what, there what are have a you lot received? Of, hmm? Yeah, there are a lot of, um, false beliefs. And the number one false belief is that generally freelancers are not reliable and they don't stay they leave fast i didn't experience that i have freelancers that work with me since 10 years i have freelancers on average that work with me since like for three years and more the big problem is just when people are working in an environment where there is no clarity about what they really need they just see okay i need a guy and then they have some buzzwords around what they need like change manager or a pro this is this is the best thing project manager when i always hear project manager i know they want in germany we say eierlegende wollmilchsau a a how's that in english egg lacking wool pick yeah something like this a person that has all the skills does everything right on on the on the highest expert level of course right yeah and they yeah and simply they don't know how a project works and then as they don't know how a project really works from all perspectives i mean from the perspective of requirements management of change management perspective of budget management and cost management um release management like these are all separate things right but people typically don't want to hear that they think okay i hire a project manager and then this guy gets the project done which is not possible because the project manager cannot get the project done. It's the team that gets the project done while the project manager provides plans and reports and transparency for the team. And that's, that's the typical biggest issue that people don't know what they need. They are not clear about the skills they need. And then they fire people fast or say, nah, it didn't work out. This freelancer was not reliable. But maybe it was just the case that this freelancer committed to something differently than you asked this person. And then the freelancer felt either overhand or not appreciated, or the freelancer felt that he or she cannot be productive in this environment because there is no clarity and it's just like chaos, right? And in, in, in many work environments, there is just chaos. And you see that after the world started working remotely, how many meetings most people have, that is just an indicator how much chaos you have in the business. Because otherwise, if things were pretty clear, you don't need so many meetings. And this is one symptom of a lack of clarity. And this is why often the cooperation with freelancers doesn't work well. And then, of course, these people, they leave because they have so many other opportunities to work in other businesses that when there is no way to succeed in this environment, even if they try, of course, they leave. Why shouldn't they leave? Right. Exactly. And. Um, what could the company uh, do, um, like to go, yeah, get get uh, more used to or get more friendly with these concerns around, like that what you just mentioned, uh, reliability, safety, 
um, availability, stable, uh, stability, and uh, all those things. So, um, yeah, you just mentioned a little bit in the first, like getting clarity, but what else is missing? I think this is the number one thing, getting clarity about what you expect and to understand and know what you expect. You need to know how the entire team works and what should be the result of the team, right? And um, then things become a lot easier. It's like, you know, this formula, shit in, shit out, right? If you have a lot of complexity, so many variables, mess everywhere, total chaos. And then you, you let this chaos enter into your team, then you have multiplied chaos, right? And if you then have like multiple clients that bring in their own chaos, and then you try to have a team that tries to compensate with this client chaos, but still has chaos in the own organization, then you have exponential chaos. And that's, that's, a, that's a big problem. So reducing complexity from the input by clarifying what you really want as an output from your team. And you can do this by defining KPIs and deliverables they should create on a regular basis. For example, a marketing team on a regular basis creates campaigns and content. Right. And they measure their effectiveness by looking at the KPIs of the funnel of the campaigns. So then they see if things work or not and they come up with suggestions for improvements. This is like a marketing team functions. And then once you want to hire people, you need to look at the role and define clearly which stake of the team this person in the role should hold. You define responsibilities, accountabilities. Basically, that's it. And the more clear you are on that, the more clear the, the person, the freelancer you hire is. For example, when I, when I tried to delegate copywriting tasks three years ago, I would have said copywriters are not reliable. Copywriters don't work for me. Today, I do the same and it works, but the copywriters didn't change. They are still the same out there. It's just, I changed the way how I delegate things. And that works so well, meanwhile, because it's so clearly defined, not what they should do. I don't tell them what they do, but what should be the outcome and what is important for me that I can just create like a five-minute video, send it over to them, and I get awesome results because I have total clarity of which content I need, what should the content do, just in the case of copywriting, right? and what I need to provide as an input. Hmm. And most people don't have that. They just know they need someone who gets the work done fast because it's always urgent and that's it. So it's hard to hmm. find these people. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And I just remember this uh, um, coaching call we were both in yesterday um, where this uh, was this uh, one entrepreneur uh, mentioning about like his progress and that he is like now after spending some time uh, investment uh, to get like things really rolling, like do doing the groundwork, um, he has now a free calendar, a free uh, um, a time to really manage the business. So yeah. um, what I want to point out is like this importance that you many, many maybe think this, uh, I just give out the work to the copywriter, right? And then let's see what happens. And that's, that's probably the first, uh, the worst failure in the beginning because it will take you some time uh, first to get clarity about what you really want and then you need to write it down and communicate it in the right way and if you follow those steps then uh, um, success is uh, yeah, near and if, if don't, failure is near. 
Yeah, I mean, skills are like tools, right? If you want to have a nail and put it into the wall, you can have the best screwdriver, but this won't work out. It's mm. too hard to hammer a nail into the wall using a screwdriver or a pen or a spoon or a fork, right? They are, these are all great tools if you use them right, in the right way for the things they are made for. But if to try to like hammer a nail into the wall using a fork or spoon or knife or something that is not made for this, it won't work. Then you don't say this is a crappy knife, right? I mean, you can say that, but other people would say, guy, you are just stupid. This is a knife. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens with the skills of people. You hire a person with a totally different skill set. You want a result that you are not even clear about. And then you think this almighty project manager gets that all done. It doesn't work. Then you can say, this guy is crap. I don't want to work with him. He's unreliable, whatever. But this will just close the door at a certain point of time that you will see that nothing works for you. And then you have a big problem because nothing works for you, right? You need to put yourself in the perspective, asking yourself, okay, so why didn't this work? And where, I, where did I lack clarity? And what did I expect but not communicate or check up front that I want from this person? Because expectations are the second biggest problem after skill abusage. If okay. you have an expectation and you don't communicate it, it's your fault. I mean, you cannot expect that the other person knows it if you don't communicate it and you expect it. So these are two very, 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 and again, very important things to consider when you hire people, freelancers or employees. Yeah. So for our audience, maybe from a technical side, could you explain um, how the screening and um, the hiring process or testing maybe in the, in the meantime is working for, for our teams when they hire? Um, new onto new roles and um, how the, how this process is going. So we're ensuring the, the quality on the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we spend a lot of time in standardizing the setup of our teams by always having the same roles in the teams and then just replacing the skills. So that makes sure that the teams always function in the same way, following the same rules and the same culture, the same meetings, the same workflows, just the skills are different. For example, if you have a developer, then you can change the skill, the technology. You can have a Java developer and you can have a PHP developer, but still how this developer works with other people in the team, how this developer interacts with the team members. That's always the same. And that helps us create team blueprints with role definitions that are also always the same, just like the technology or the marketing platforms, they then can be exchanged. And then These people submit these roles of the team to our HR team and they source and assess freelancers. But as the role is very clearly defined, not with passwords, but with concrete skills and responsibilities and accountabilities, the recruiters can assess this and can test this and can validate this and check if the person has the skills. Right? If I, if I put into the role, this person needs to be proactive. My God, how do you want to test that? Right? This is just something that you put there to put it there and it clearly signals that you have no idea what you need because it's a very vague general thing. But if yeah. you say, I need a person that has proven sales copywriting skills, you can validate this. You can ask for work and can look at it if it's good copywriting and you can ask for KPIs, how did this copy convert? Or a developer, 
you can like find a developer that is great in PHP development. And you can look if this and see if this person knows how to do PHP development by giving this person a test task, for example. And then you get the result and you can check it. But if you say, I want this person to be more proactive or, or I want this person to be, I don't know, positive-minded, a team player, right? These, these are vague things. These might be soft skills that you can assess with a lot of effort, but it's almost impossible. My favorite is Rockstar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, if what, I, if, which shop do you if see? If I read Rockstar, yeah, I just I just close every every uh, uh, shop description. This is like a red flag for me. <laughs> what are the? I mean, you are a freelancer yourself. What are the biggest fails that you see in shop posts where you just think, "I, what do you want from me?" Yeah, I think we had that before. Like there, there are like two two extremes for me. What I see regular in in, in shop postings is one is like the job description like two pages long uh describing you know, like from top entry uh, from the company to um leaving, leaving the company like every everything is laid out and and uh like but it, it, in the extreme so um this is the one one thing and then the other one is like just um yeah we need to hire a freelancer xy um for role contact us and then this is also like this is this is what i see and some some companies get it right of course right they um, make this role description. They think about okay, what roles is? What are the requirements? And no, not overspending in the job description. But this is uh, like some 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 of those extremes I see uh, regularly. Mm, yeah. yeah. Cool. What do you uh, in case uh, things are not working out as expected? Uh, you mentioned in the entrance the thirty uh, percent maybe of uh, failure and uh, uh, where things have haven't worked out as expected. Um, what what you do there um, in, in this case is to avoid like uh, increase of costs, uh, bad emotions, um, anger, whatever comes there, and in, in, in when things are not working out as expected. I think you definitely need to separate that emotions like anger, frustration, and yeah, what else comes up in you, and then not blame the other person because in in most cases, even if if it even if it didn't work out. I I always realized that a person was trying with his or her best intention to get the job done, but obviously I wasn't able to understand upfront if this person is a fit or not. And I always put myself into the perspective of asking myself the question, what do I know now that I didn't know before? So then when I hire a person next time, I know one additional requirement I need to assess for. And this is this is really this is really critical and not have when when the person fails whatever fails like the person is not in time the person doesn't deliver the quality always try to talk to the person find the root cause and most importantly give the person a second chance to improve if the person oh, i mean the the biggest indicator that things don't work out if is is if a person says one thing and does something else Right. For example, a person says, okay, I will now be on time. When I accept the appointment in the calendar, I will be there. And the person said that five times and still is not in time. I'm not talking about a three minute delay, but about 15 minutes delay or just not showing up without upfront notice. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you say that three times after another and it still doesn't work, then I would tell the person that we need to go separate ways because somehow we don't have the same level of communication 
it, it doesn't work. I can say whatever I want and the person commits to something and still doesn't do it, then what should I do? I have no yeah. idea how to change that then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is the, you, I think you mentioned like two, two things, right? Uh, um, for, first is like this uh, system uh, problem. If, if there's something in the system not working, you need to work on, on the system side and see what, what, is, what is missing so this person or this role can really do their work and perform. Uh, and on the other side is like this um, people, people problem, if you want to label it for that for, for a second, uh, where you have like a, someone that is, okay, just not, not uh, um, yeah coming up with the, the work that you expected or um, yeah, missing out appointments and, and never showing up. And this, this is also a bad, uh, uh, can have bad effects on the, on the outcome for the company. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. What, what, what difference uh, are uh, between uh, local hire and uh, working with people on a project uh, base um, with a lot of speed and uh, Why, why is it uh, so crucial to, to have this, this um, time aspect in, in mind always uh, if you have this local hire or um, you can hire like from the global talent pool, if you uh, call it like that? I mean, if you just hire locally, you limit yourself by a radius of 100 kilometers around your office, right? You, you shrink your options of access to talent, while if you hire globally, The entire world can become your talent pool and you have a bigger choice of skilled people. And mm. that speeds up the hiring process. I remember when we just hired locally, it took us three to six months to find a person that was typically a trade-off. Well, now we can find these people within two to three weeks, sometimes even in days. And they are really a good fit. Because first of all, we know which type of people we want and we have that clearly defined to set expectations properly. And then we can like, like source the whole world. It's like, it's like, it's like marketing, right? It's like building an HR funnel that you typically build when you try to win leads that should become your clients. And here you try to win leads of people that want to work in your business. And I think we are not in the days anymore where employees of freelancer can be so grateful if they have a job because there are more than enough jobs for great people outside and they have the choice. So you need to ask yourself why and how can you be attractive for these people to work with you in the same way as you communicate to your clients why they should work with you. So it's all about marketing, making offers, being attractive, motivating people with aligning to, with their interests. So this, this is, I would say, crucial. And it's easier to do this online and digitally than just to do it locally, offline. Yeah. And you just mentioned um, in the entrance that um, you have uh, freelancers and people you work with like more, more than 10 years and on average, I think it's like three, three to five years, something around that. Um, why or what is it uh, that if you work with a, a, a person on a, on a freelance base or project base um, that you are able to recognize much more or much faster if things are not working out? Right. And, and, and like the flexibility and the ability to adjust that. Um, I, I, I want to point out that because if you do a, maybe a, a local hire, this is completely a different story. And what, yeah, what, what you have experienced there. It's also easier to like have a conversation if you hire a remote freelancer or employee 
and have an honest conversation where the person thinks he or she is overwhelmed, where we request uh, work that the person doesn't have the skills to. And then just look if you can find a replacement for a specific skill set because you can hire so fast and you can get an access to a wide range of skills online. You can, for example, if you have a project manager that is poor in accounting, project accounting, then you can hire another accountant pretty fast that works together with the project manager and compensates for this, these missing skills that you need. And locally, then you hire like two full-time people which is a big cost on your payroll and it takes a lot of time to find these people while online you can hire like an accountant for five hours per week and the problem is solved right it's it's the difference if you if you need a tool and you buy it or you just take it to use it yep Yes, um, there's a, a huge um, demand right now for, for talented people in a wide uh, field of, of, of different skill sets. And like companies are really struggling to, to really onboard people. Um, why do you see it also like really um, as a crucial and important thing that we stay open-minded and, and look out for, for new opportunities and uh, how, how to work with people um, and, and get like the work done? I think because, I mean, just sitting together with other managers and business owners and complaining that there is such a big stuff shortage won't solve the problem, right? <laughs> But this is what I see so often that people since years complain about the same problems. Stuff shortage is everywhere. So hard to find people. So hard to keep people. It's the same story since, since years, since 10 years, right? And I think for these people, it's, it, it stays the same story. They just continue like complaining instead of changing it. But um, as talent is one of the most important drivers for success, if not the most important one. And if you want to be successful in the future, I think you need to consider different ways as the work environment changed, as um, the requirements of employees and freelancers changed. Now they want to be also more flexible, work when they want and wherever they want, instead of being in this strict corporation culture where you have to wear uh, tights, And all, all that, and not tights, uh, how is ties. that called? <laughs> ties, yeah, tight is, <laughs> tight is a different thing, right? It's from running. Yeah, so I think people don't want this anymore. There might be people that still like this, but the majority of people, they experience that remote work is a nice thing because it gives them more flexibility and aligns their job with their personal life and contributes something positive to it. Manuel, anything I have missed or you would like to add uh, some closing words? I think we can put um, a job, um, a role description template in the show mm -hmm. notes so that people see and know which parameters they need to define to attract great talent and to set crystal clear expectations. No, I will do that. And besides cool. that, nothing else? Then um, happy scaling and uh, see you next week on our next uh, Q&A session, Manuel. All right, see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you found the session helpful. Head back to our in-depth blog article on how to hire skilled freelancers in 10 steps. Did we miss something in this conversation? How can we do better so you get out more value of our content? Let us know in the comments and reviews how you handle the talent shortage in your organization. What holds you back to open up the talent search and make the globe to your talent pool? We love to read and respond to your comments. 
to round the session up and make sure you are not missing out on upcoming episodes, hit the subscribe button, give us a thumb up and share the session around with your friends and colleagues so they can take advantage of this content too. Sign up for the free business builder training on flashup.io and learn more about how to scale with your business at any time, work with global top talents and make work better. On behalf of the team here at the Virtual Frontier, I want to thank you for listening. And as always, remember, keep exploring those new frontiers.